Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast, where your source for personal, professional, and organizational growth and development, where we share original research, explore industry trends, and interview executives and thought leaders from across the globe. We hope you join us often for practitioner-oriented content around all things related to leadership, HR, talent management, organizational development, and change management. Maximize your personal and organizational potential with Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Do you enjoy the Human Capital Innovations Podcast? Please subscribe, leave a review, comment, share, and consider supporting the podcast on Patreon, even at the producer and sponsorship levels. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI episode, I talk with Stephen Halasnik about accepting change, scaling your business, and lessons in leadership. Stephen Holasnik, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. It's great to be here. Thank you. It is a pleasure to be with you today. You're joining us from New Jersey. I'm south of Salt Lake City in Utah. Today, we're going to be talking about entrepreneurship and scaling your business. And as we were talking in the pre-interview, we were also talking about this idea of um, accepting change and change management. Now, in in that initial conversation, you know, I, I think we were coming at it from slightly different perspectives and angles. In my mind, uh, scaling successfully scaling an organization is all about change management. Scaling product lines, scaling um, some of those sorts of things, perhaps not. It's 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 about replicating and mass producing and and uh, leveraging existing competencies. But anytime you're scaling an organization, you're growing an organization, uh, you're adding employees, you're adding in complexity. That also comes with it messiness and uncertainty and inevitable change that's going to occur. So if you start as a solopreneur or have a small founding team, and then you start to grow that team into a more robust organization, now you have 50 employees, 100 employees, hundreds, even thousands of employees, inevitably that scaling process is going to involve all sorts of uh, discomfort and, and change that's going to come along the way. So we're going to talk about that tension uh, between accepting change as it comes, but also scaling and replicating and, and doing some of those sorts of things as we grow a business. Uh, you come to this conversation as a serial entrepreneur. And so I'm really excited to uh, tap into your wisdom and insight as we explore this together. As we get started, I wanted to share Stephen's bio with everybody. Stephen Halasnik is a serial entrepreneur that has built seven companies over the last 25 years with yearly revenue in the 5 million to 20 million range, including an Inc. 500 fastest growing company. His current company, Financing Solutions, provides lines of credit to small businesses throughout the United States. And Stephen, anything else you would like to add by way of your personal or professional background or context before we dive on into this conversation? No, just uh, I've actually built two uh, companies on the Inc. 500 fastest growing. Um, so uh, uh, that and um, uh, no, that's it. We'll cover the rest of the podcast. Wonderful, wonderful. So why don't we start with um, just a little bit more of an overview of 
not necessarily all of the companies. Uh, maybe you could focus in on the two that are on the Inc. 500 fastest growing, um, and as well as your current company. Uh, talk to us a little bit about how you got into the entrepreneurial space, why you're passionate about uh, entrepreneurship. Clearly, if you're a serial entrepreneur and you've, you've, you've started and exited uh, multiple times, uh, we can talk through that just a little bit. And then I want to really tap into your experience and thinking around that whole scaling process. Sure. Well, to start off with, I mean, I hate the word entrepreneurship because it makes it seem like someone's like, you know, it's a French word and it makes it seem like it's a big deal. You know, uh, it makes it seem, oh, I'm an entrepreneur. In fact, when somebody says, uh, says I'm an entrepreneur I, I, at like a dinner party, I'm a business owner. Okay? It, it can mean a lot of things, right? <laughs> yeah. And usually if somebody says I'm an entrepreneur, uh, they probably just started <laughs> because if you've been through enough businesses uh, or business situations, you, you get beat up a lot and it's not so great saying that I'm an entrepreneur because you're down in the trenches on a consistent basis. Now, they'll certainly, as your companies grow and you know, scale is a good word for it, you learn not to be in the trenches. You know, but even at a $25 million, I have, right now I actually have a three businesses Two are each are $25 million in revenue. Another one is a small, uh, I own commercial real estate. So that's another business. But the, the, the two I have right now, uh, well, one of them, at least, at, you know, even at 25 million, you're still in the trenches, but not as much as you were when I had like a million dollar business. So um, yeah, so that's, uh, you know, scale, like, the originally before we got into the podcast, we were talking about change and what, what threw me, what, what there's two different types of change. In my opinion, there is change that occurs because something good is going on and that's a growing scaling business. Yeah. And boy, that's a lot easier to change. Okay. When you're need to change a behavior in yourself, but there's the other type of change when things are going really bad. And, and you have to face that change. Uh, that is a lot worse and a much harder. And I've just, you know, I'm 57 years old. I started my first company when I was 30. Uh, I am a professional entrepreneur, a professional business owner. Um, just like if you ever read the book, book Tipping Point, where he talks about 10,000 hours before you become a pro by Malcolm Gladwell, you know, you, I've learned how to not only build a company, but I've also learned I'm really good at accepting change. And what's really crazy about that um, is, uh, you know, and I'll, I'll share this with, with your listeners, is that my wife of 26 years recently passed out of the blue. And you, and I, I just raised that as a topic and you know, being able to handle that situation, um, I, I would tell you as well as I have, make, made me even more aware of how well I handle change. And, uh, you know, losing a business is one thing. Losing a wife that I loved significantly, my best friend, that's another so yeah. uh, my, my deepest condolences, I, I just can't even imagine I've, you, I've been married for almost, yeah, I can, I've been married for almost 20 years and it's hard to even remember and, and 
re, you know, recollect on my life without my spouse. <laughs> it, it's, um, um, it's our lives are so fully entwined and, yeah. and yeah. So my, my deepest condolences. Thank you. And, and I would and tell every, I would tell everybody who's been married for a while, go take two weeks off. Don't talk to your, to your wife and don't have her talk to you. And just imagine that you're never going to talk to her again or she's never going to talk to you again and come back to your marriage. And all, I, I had a fantastic marriage. I love my wife and you'll come back and uh, with a completely different attitude about all the little things that you pick at each other on. I mean, not that my wife and I did that much, but boy, I would love to be able to pick on her again. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 You know, my wife and I, we have our, our fun little, uh, everybody does. We, we rib each other, you know, for, for yep. fun. And, and sometimes it gets a little bit beyond just having fun with each other and that's where the problems happen. <laughs> but, gotcha. but yeah, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it, it's wonderful to have a partner in crime and, and you highlight, this is one example of, you know, there's many examples of how life throws you curveballs, Right. And the reality is when you're a business owner or entrepreneur, um, you have to deal with all the messiness of the organization. Yep. Uh, the, the messiness of dealing with your team and just trying to make payroll and all, all the challenges associated with all of that. Right. But your life is still happening outside of work. Now, yep. oftentimes, I don't know if this applies to you. Oftentimes serial entrepreneurs are often, you know, also kind of like workaholics and, and work is their life. But even in that situation, you still have stuff outside of work and you still have family and you have friends and you have community and, and you have your health and you have all these things and, and life throws you curveballs. And so you have to be adaptive and ready and willing to adjust as those things happen. And everyone deals with it, that we all deal with different things, but we all deal with constant change going on around us in, in our lives. Sometimes it's at work, sometimes it's at home or whatever. And so I like how you're framing it as accepting change, being willing to lean into the change, recognizing, I mean, we can put our heads in the sand, we can try to ignore it, we can try to pretend like everything's okay, like everything's how it's always been. But that's not true. And, and we're only deluding ourselves and fooling our, you know, we're not actually um, going to, to come out of that any stronger uh, if, if we don't deal with it. So we have to be able to face it head on. We have to be able to deal with it. Um, and that means there's going to be grief. There's going to be pain. There's going to be heartache. Um, there's going to be challenges and the wrestles of life. And that all is going to continue to occur. Um, and it's going to happen throughout our lives. Uh, in different ways, it's going to manifest. And so learning sooner than later, how to be agile and adaptive to the changing context and circumstances around us, I think is really important. Now, you also, you highlighted, you know, I think it's a good distinction between kind of these really hard life changes that happen to us, or, or recognizing that there's something wrong with how we're approaching something that we have to adjust in our behaviors or attitude or mindset, whatever, that can be really hard to shift into change uh, versus say the scaling of a business. Um, scaling a business involves tons of change, process change, it involves structure and design change, work uh, life change, like all these different types of changes occur when you're scaling a business. But let's be honest, if you're scaling a business rapidly, 
that's a headache and it, it takes a lot of time and effort and it's a challenge, but it's a really good challenge to have, right? Because you're growing um, and, and, and growth uh, can, can mute a lot of the pain of change uh, when you have that constant growth and the energy and the excitement surrounding all of that. Uh, and so recognizing that we need to manage both types of change in our lives and at work, I think is important. Uh, and part of what you said, at least what's, what kind of clicked for me and stuck out to me as you said it, maybe this isn't what you meant, but um, you can totally correct me if, if I interpreted it wrong. But I, I think about fundamental changes that have to occur as I look at myself in the mirror, um, as I as I recognize, you know, my, the way I'm interacting with my team isn't going to work moving forward. Uh, the, you know, my mindset isn't going to work moving forward. I need to fundamentally shift the way I, I uh, am, am uh, working with, uh, with the organization. That is a huge challenge to most people's egos, isn't it? And, and so a lot of this accepting change, I think, is about uh, leaning into challenging your own ego and becoming secure enough in yourself that you are willing to recognize and acknowledge when there are problems, when there are mistakes, when there are setbacks, when there are, you know, inadequacies or failures or, or anything like that, that we don't need to pretend like everything's fine. We don't need to have folk confidence. We can acknowledge that there are real issues and real problems and challenges. And that then gives us the opportunity to address them. Check out my new book, The Future Leader, Creating and Transforming Next-Gen Organizations. Stemming from two decades of professional experience and over 600 in-depth interviews with executives, thought leaders, and scholars from across the globe, The Future Leader will help you explore the ordinary, everyday actions that will help you to prepare to lead in the future of work, to respond to an uncertain future, and to produce extraordinary results for individuals, teams, and organizations. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Academy, courses, micro-credentials, and certificates to upskill and reskill for the future of work. All HCI Academy courses, micro-credentials, and certificates are designed, developed, and delivered by award-winning and internationally renowned scholars, educators, thought leaders, executives, and practitioners. Our courses, micro-credentials, and certificates will help you make your mark on the future of work and make an immediate impact in your organizations. Check out the HCI Academy and our many course offerings and certificates to upskill and reskill for the future of work. Check out our new weekly LinkedIn newsletter, Alchemizing Human Capital, exploring industry trends via original research and interviews with executives and thought leaders from across the globe. We look forward to having you join us. You know, I've been lucky enough to meet a lot of business owners. Uh, uh, I, I have two, two friends that I know that built billion-dollar companies, and I'm not exaggerating. So they both went public, and they built billion-dollar companies. And so I know a lot of, a lot of business owners. And 
the the first thing is not every business owner there isn't one way that you that someone runs a business but the uh the smaller business owners um that i have met um are people who are just set in their ways and they don't know uh they're not self-aware they're not self-aware and so the people that i've seen that have been very successful again this is who i've seen are the ones who are very open-minded and self-aware so if if you are a opinionated person and you are set in your ways I tell you that the probability that you are always have a small business is high. If you are open-minded and you are willing to accept and embrace and, and actually uh, move toward change, your company will grow bigger. So I think now having said that there are some business owners I know who got lucky who built businesses and the business just, just carried itself. They were in the right place at the right time with the right product. And it just went very few, few and far between those type of people uh, that you say. That's why a serial entrepreneur is, is kind of like, I see those type of people and then they either sell their company or something happens. And I go, okay, let's see what you do now. And then I see they go to do it and they fail and they fail again because they really, there was the company that helped them grow and not them. And so, you know, you, you really, as an, as a, as a business owner, you better be, and this is the other part, you know, the word is autodidactic self-taught, right? That's what business owners are, but you better be open-minded, willing to change. You better be self-aware. And if you're not, you better work on that because that's the number one thing I see between a million dollar business and a $25 million business is that that business owner, believe it or not, at a million dollars thinks they know it all. And a $25 million business owner, $50 million, $75 million business owner knows that they don't, but yep. they're hungry to go do it themselves. So, and also listen, I haven't had, um, yet a successful exit so um i i the three businesses i have right now they're those are all going to let stand the test of time it's just the nature of the businesses i'm in one of them is sellable the other ones well two of them are sellable one of them's not the, the real estate one's sellable i have another company called elite funeral funding that's a sellable business uh financing solutions is not a sellable business and we're not going to get into why but so elite, I'm sorry, financing solutions is a business that I'm just going to keep until I'm in my 80s and just keep running it. Uh, elite will eventually sell and then the commercial real estate will eventually sell. But, um, you know, you know there, there are some things that I would tell everybody here. Number one is plan for things that end. Your business is going to end at some point could be a great, my businesses ended because of recessions that we got really hit hard. And every 10 years, there is a major recession. You think you got a good business now? 
Okay, let's see if you survive a recession. Then you'll know. Okay, and then the, the next thing is something we're talking about. There are multiple chapters in your lives, both business and personal. And you need to be able to embrace the next chapter when it's coming. Sometimes people just stay in that chapter that they're in and they go kicking and screaming into the next chapter. Great book by Candace Carpenter called Chapters. And, you know, I'm in a new chapter with my personal life now, having to deal with a 13-year-old and I have a 21-year-old. That's, you know, that's a little easier. But, uh, you know, moving, I have to, I'm, I'm, I'm re, I have to look at what my next chapter is. And I am. Um, and then the other thing is you need to learn from your past. Could be good, could be bad. But you need to kind of be reflective and self-aware and say, like, I knew in my first 15 years, or uh, my first 10 years, I was a terrible manager, terrible. And when you run a small business, you got to be a good manager. And so I took, I made sure that I took steps in place to become a much better manager. And I am, I'm not a great manager, but I'm better at it. Um, and then the other one about change is just don't wallow. Don't sit there and say, woe is me or, you know, oh, or this is the worst. Like they, just keep trying to make it happen. I, I, I ended businesses early when they were still making me $100,000 a year because I needed to move on. And I see that all the time. I have one guy who I know very well. He's had this business for 20 years and he's got nothing else to go to and he keeps losing money. And he keeps borrowing money, keeps losing money, borrowing money from family. He just... I, I'm like, why are you doing this? Why are you torturing yourself? Um, the next thing is like, you know, face reality. I said this, leave things behind, look forward. And this is, listen, I'm a practicing Buddhist, okay? And a big part of Buddhism is not to get emotionally attached. So like I built a beautiful home. It's a work of art. I designed it, okay? It's, it's beautiful, and every day I look at it and I say, I'm going to have to sell it one of these days. Try not to get emotionally attached. Look forward to something else. And I do. I'll miss the house, I'll tell you. But it's, uh, it's, um, I work at not getting emotionally attached. And uh, with businesses, it's a good way to be. And the last one is move forward. Just, you know, something bad happens. You just got to you know, move forward. So, you know, those are my highlights. Yeah, I think, I think those are excellent. And everything that you were just saying, in my mind, it, it's built upon a foundation of intellectual humility as we approach the world around us, right? So ha having an open mind, being flexible and adaptive, constantly learning. Uh, it's the old cliche, you know, but it's, it's true. The more I learn, the more I realize I don't know. Yeah. And, and it's people who are so confident and dogmatic and I, it can be any sort of dogma, it, your religious dogma, perhaps, but it can be social, political, economic dogmas. Like there are so many people get so caught up in dogmatic and rigid in so many different areas. Uh, and they think they have it all figured out for whatever reason, they think they have it all figured out. And as soon as you think you have it all figured out, you, you have a major blind spot and you have a. Uh, you have a target on your back <laughs> and, and other people, the really successful people recognize that, yes, it's, 
the world is inherently uncertain, messy, complex. It's constantly changing. We have to learn and adapt. We can't possibly know everything that we need to know to be successful moving into the future. So we have to not only continually be learning ourselves, but we have to continually be surrounding ourselves with really great people who can also help us recognize our blind spots, who can push us and challenge our thinking. And collectively, we can you know, have better, better, better thinking and better outcomes. Um, that takes a secure person. That takes an, a really intellectually uh, humble person. And it's, it's funny because the really successful leaders, as you were describing, you, you, you have all these examples of leaders out there. The really successful leaders demonstrate this. I see this in how they approach the world, how they approach their businesses. They have this like kind of fundamental uh, intellectual humility. It doesn't mean they're not confident, but it means that they really recognize that they know a lot, but there's so much they don't know. Um, but then I look at leaders who are either you know middle management kind of middle rung hierarchical leaders within established organizations or those um, who are running kind of smaller businesses that never seem to go anywhere and I, and I see the same thing that you're describing i see people that are often far too rigid far too confident in their own understanding and and they're just not willing to take the good hard look in the mirror um, practice that ongoing self-reflection so that they can make the adjustments necessary so they can uh, scale and grow and, and do things that are going to positively impact them, their families, but also their people, their employees, and the community around them. Uh, and I guess that's really what we're all going for is we want to have impact. We want to have impact, we want to make money, but we also want to have impact and we want to, to better the world in which we live. Uh, and, and I think most people uh, would say that's, that's what they're going for. And it's, it all starts with, with that acceptance of change, intellectual humility, and being willing to continually learn. Being a lifelong learner yeah. will go a long way. Yeah, I think there's one other thing that's really helped me out a lot. Um, I, 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 I always keep enough gas in the tank. And that is, you know, you mentioned something earlier that serial entrepreneurs or business owners work all like a lot of hours. Um, yeah, they, you do that in your first five years of your entrepreneurship career. And then if you're still doing that after five years, and I don't, then you are doing it all wrong. Because I mean, I, you need to, there's going to be really a lot of ups and downs in your business and in your life. And you need to have the energy when it counts. And, and because I make sure that I have a lot of interest outside of work. I exercise regularly. I take really good care of my, I played, I played division one baseball. I'm, I'm a really good athlete. I played lots of sports at a really high level. Right now I do competitive rowing. I was a ranked tennis player. Um, when I got out of college, um, I make sure that, so my point being is that when I look, what I look at my business is like, when I'm at my job, it's game time. It's the playoffs. It's the championship round and you can't be at your best for, you know, 14 hours a day, seven days a week. You just can't, you can be at your best for six to eight hours a day, five days a week. But the reason why I still love what I do is because I always have gas in my tank and I take really good care of myself. I, 
eat right, if I, you know, I watch my emotions, I, I exercise all the time, you know, those are things that have really have helped me deal with some really rough situations. Um, and so that's the number one thing I would say, you need to take care of yourself first, because if you don't, then your business and your personal life is going to really be affected. Well said, Stephen. This has just been a really fun and fascinating conversation. I appreciate your vulnerability and your willingness to open up and share with us. Uh, I know at the time I'm going to have to uh, let you go here in just a minute, but before we close for today, I wanted to give you a chance to share with listeners how they can connect with you, find out more about your work, and then give us a final word on the topic for today. I didn't come on the podcast to promote my company. I just came on because it's fun. Um, but my company is, if, you, if, you're, if your business is looking for a line of credit, you can go to financingsolutionsnow.com um, and you can you know, learn about us there. If you want to reach out to me because you need some, you have some questions or some help or whatever, I'm happy to help. My phone, uh, my email address is halasnicks at gmail.com. So it's H-A-L-A-S-N-I-K-S at gmail.com or you can reach me at 973-714-9353 and then your last word of the day is uh it's a good good question um read who moved my cheese read it it's a short book i think it'd be a, a good uh thought starter into embracing change which i think is a critical component of running a business Perfect. Thank you, Stephen. It's been a real pleasure. I encourage listeners to reach out, get connected, find out more about what Stephen can do for you. And as always, I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe, that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all have a great week. Bluer than Indigo Leadership, the journey of becoming a truly remarkable leader. Early in my adult life, I learned about an Asian proverb that translates as bluer than indigo. If you think about the color indigo, it is a brilliant, deep, and vibrant blue, what some would call the bluest of blues. To have something that is bluer than indigo is rare and truly remarkable. Contrary to popular myth, there is no one-size-fits-all or cookie-cutter approach to effective leadership. There is no silver bullet, no secret sauce, no go-to model that will solve all of your problems. The truth is, great leaders have all had their unique strengths and flaws and have all had to discover and then pave their own distinctive path in their life's journey to fulfill their leadership potential. Bluer Than Indigo Leadership will help you discover your own path and explore those ordinary, everyday actions that will help you respond to an uncertain future and produce extraordinary results for your individuals, teams, and organizations. Check out Human Capital Innovations magazine, Human Capital Leadership. Human Capital Leadership is a free, interactive e-magazine with the mission to help individuals, leaders, and organizations find innovative approaches to maximize their human capital potential. We publish issues quarterly in August, November, February, and May. Take a look at the latest issue and let us know what you think. Alchemy of Truly Remarkable Leadership, 
ordinary, everyday actions that produce extraordinary results. Consider how the nature of work has shifted over the past 50 years. With increased globalization, rapid technological advancement, and the shift in economic composition, the average job of today looks very different than the average job of 50 years ago. What will the jobs and organizations of tomorrow look like? Moreover, what does this all mean for organizational leaders? What are the core competencies and capabilities of organizations and their leadership that are prepared for continued disruption and geopolitical and socioeconomic shifts? Regardless of what the future holds, increasingly, leaders need to be socially minded, data-driven, decisive, champions of talent, and disruptors of the traditional notions of leadership, teams, organizations, and work. The alchemy of truly remarkable leadership will help you to explore your own leadership competencies and capabilities and consider ways to apply and implement them into your workplace and personal life. Do you enjoy the Human Capital Innovations Podcast? Please subscribe, leave a review, comment, share, and consider supporting the podcast on Patreon, even at the producer and sponsorship levels. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. I hope you stay healthy and safe and that you have a great week.